Now it's time for Union County Edgecast, a podcast to discuss the current economic development environment within Union County, North Carolina, the Greater Charlotte area, the state of North Carolina and beyond. During this time, Chris will discuss many topics with guests ranging from industrial leaders, important allies and thought leaders throughout the economic development landscape. You can also find the video version of this episode on the Monroe Union County Economic Development's YouTube channel and other social media platforms. Please know that the views, information or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent the policies or positions of any other agency, organisation, employer or company. Now let me introduce your host, Chris Plate, Executive Director of Monroe Union County Economic Development. Hello, everyone. Our guest today is Mr. Chip Pope uh, with Shellco Construction. Thanks hey, for having me, Chris. How are you doing today? Excited to be here, man. Great. Yeah, great. man. Um, just put a... Uh, what this is, just to remind everybody, this is the Union County EdgeCast. It's our uh, uh, thing that we've put together to kind of reach out to folks within the um, the world of economic development that touch us and um, and find out what's going on in their world mm-hmm. and how it kind of can eventually translate back to Union County and, and stuff Makes here. Sense. So yeah. um, I appreciate, again, uh, you coming and joining us. Some uh, Chip and I have known each other for a while. So Ten, ten plus years, maybe? Yeah. So some of the insults that you see going back and forth are... Yeah, they're out of love, Chris. Right, yes. And, and they're well-deserved, by the way. Yeah, so, that's, so most of the insults are genuine. Yeah. And trust me. They're... It's on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be here, man. It'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. I hope nobody's hoping to learn anything today. No, no. Okay, no. good. Are you kidding? Um, Shame on them. <laughs> right. If you come in here with some false expectations. Yeah. <laughs> that's on you. <laughs> right. So I want to find out a little bit about you. So where did okay. you, you grow up? Uh, born in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up there till about fourth grade, then moved to Charlotte, and uh, pretty much grew up here. Uh, Do you have a baby Elvis outfit? Uh, <laughs> you know, I never went to Graceland. Um, I have no reason why or why we, you know, why or why not we didn't get there. But uh, yeah, so grew up here in Charlotte, went to school all the way through here, South Mech High School, yeah. and then um, went to the you know the Clemson of the North or the Harvard <laughs> of the South, depends on who you talk to. Uh, NC State. Right, and you know oh, all yeah. that, right? So I can't wait for this next part of the conversation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know great. what's coming, right? I'm glad I'm sitting down. <laughs> Perfect. So how is it being an NC State fan? Um, uh-huh. One word, purgatory. <laughs> um, and that's that's just the God's honest truth. Yeah. Um, we think we're a football school. You know, we go 7-5. and five. We end up in the Belk Bowl. Now the right. Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl, which is <laughs> great but not great. Um uh, Just think of the concessions. Though. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Uh, you know, you think of the talent we've had there, the Phillip Rivers, you know, Russell Wilson, Mike Glennon, you know, Mario Williams, all these guys that came through. Right. And, you know, we win eight games. We lose to Georgia Tech. We lose to Wake Forest every year in Winston, which stinks because my wife, <laughs> who's the best thing that's ever happened, by the way, went to Wake Forest. Um, and then we go to <clears throat> basketball, and we're between, you right. know, Chapel Hill and, and Duke. So, uh Right, it's, it's awful. It's it's, it's the just, best fan base in the world. They deserve a well, good well, school because they are. I mean, they're so best loyal. Is a strong word. We're extremely loyal. We're very passionate. Um, but man, it's tough. It's yeah. um, I used to be really into it. You know, games all the time. And now my wife would be like, "Hey, the game's on." I'd be like, "Record it, and I'll delete it once I find out we lost by twenty. <laughs> so that's usually how that goes on a Saturday, unfortunately. <laughs> so I oh, love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, you uh, played a little, or, or you 
were a sports guy. You played uh, baseball. Played baseball, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you didn't uh, continue with the myth that you've been lying for years. Yeah, but so you're, yeah, you're so, a collegiate guy. Yeah, right, yeah. So um, decent baseball player growing up. Uh, peaked, we've talked about this, which you make fun of me constantly, <laughs> which I really appreciate, but peaked probably in eighth grade, yeah. South Charlotte Middle School. I mean, phenom gets thrown around, I think, all too often, but phenom <laughs> would be the word. There's still, there's still an engraving there's, or something. They are... I'm waiting on the artist, you know, rendition of the the bronze bust of yeah. me to be finished finally yeah. at so you, South Charlotte Middle School. That oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, long story short, it was an invited to walk on NC State that lasted a day and a half, and I hope you don't make me expand upon that story. But uh, <laughs> I was not as good as I thought I was. Got there, realized everybody else was better than me, and um, waking up at five a.m. as a you know, eighteen-year-old kid, yeah, freshman year of college was not. Uh, not the recipe to success for me. Yeah, when I, when I got to college, I had sort of the same experience of everyone's better than me. Because you ran. Well, and besides that, it's just in general, I think, and it's continued every day since then. I've noticed that everyone's better than me. I could. Why would you run for fun? That, I don't oh, that know. astounded in me. In circles. I, if, if we cursed at uh, practice or got in trouble with grades, they'd be like, go run. I bet it's the worst thing ever. Right. And I there you were. I to do it, yeah. Short shorts, just oh, man. two laps at a time, right? Hot pants, man. Hot pants. <laughs> <laughs> Good practice. Just go right. run some more. It was 200, 400, 800, and that was the worst. My, my bandwidth. That was it. I wasn't f- quick enough for 100. Could never figure you guys out, yeah. man. No, it was torture. Yeah. I, I don't know. Self loathing. <laughs> Pathway to NC State, man. Just do it to yourself. Right. <laughs> that was most of Clemson's yeah. stories. Nah, you're fine. Stop the Clemson stuff. Nobody uh, anyway. wants to talk about Clemson. I, no, you're right. Ugh. Um, so, again, you're doing business development. Yep. Uh, Shelco, phenomenal company, has done a Thank you lot for saying of that. the iconic buildings and, and you know, big developments yeah. in, the, in the region, in both states. And so, how did you? Come across Shelco. How did you get involved in business development? Uh, went to NC State for business. Had no idea what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. God's honest truth. Even up to my junior or senior year, um, you know, kind of the catch-all business right. uh, management school program. And um, it's a short but funny story. Um, was leasing apartments at the college in, which is the athletic dorm up there. And Tom O'Brien had just been hired oh, because yeah. we fired right. you know, Chuck the chest <laughs> and his red shoes. Um, and so, shoes. oh man. God. So anyway, so Tom O'Brien wants to move into the, the apartment complex where the kids live. Yeah. Athletes. So he moved in and took over the model apartment. And so I'm there on like a Friday morning, Thursday morning, don't remember exactly. 6 a.m. He's a Marine. He's there early. Yeah. Help him unload the stuff, get moved into this model apartment. And I don't think the leasing office opened until about uh, like 9 a.m. or something. Okay. But anyway, I'm in the help Tom O'Brien move in. Go to start opening up the office at like 730, just getting stuff ready, and there's a knock on the door. Open the door, and it's a, a gentleman who wants to see an apartment for his daughter for the fall. Yeah. I go through the whole thing because I mean, we're having a, you know, we don't have a uh, model to show you, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff, and he really didn't care. Uh, he wanted to see an apartment, so <laughs> offered up mine, and it turned out to be Ed Rose, uh, CEO of Shelco. So right place, okay. right time, and um, he handed me a business card and said, you know, before you make a decision on your career, why don't you give me a call? And so uh, joke's on them. It's been 13 <laughs> years and running now. Uh, Congratulations. But, yeah, thank you. Uh, but it's been awesome. Yeah. Um, would have never thought to get in construction. Uh, didn't have a path to construction. Wasn't handy growing up or anything like that. And so <laughs> still still not very handy. Um, but it's worked out, man. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Wow. It's been great. That's I mean, just the odds of just, something yeah, like that sure, happening. Sure dumb luck. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's incredible. So, again, like you said, Shelco's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so 78. Wow. Yeah. 
So it, within that time frame, now is it still family owned? It's a, no, uh, Charlie and Ed Shelton got out in 03, and Ed and his uh, senior partners, Gerard Reed, Howard Peabody, Scott Bingle, Dan Perry, Barry Gardner, those guys bought them out in okay. 03, and they've run it since 03. But still kind of locally. Yeah, all locally owned, management like owned, all yeah. that kind of good stuff. Yeah, That's excellent. Yeah. So with that, uh, there's been a lot of opportunities there for projects and stuff. Yeah. What are some of the, the I guess, not necessarily favorite projects, but projects that have sort of stood out to you over the um, well, you know this. I mean, every every pursuit you you chase to bring to Union County is different, right? right. How it comes to you, how you uh, pursue it, chase it, achieve it, you know, win it, build it, whatever. Um, and so that's that's a wide ranging answer, but it's it's pretty neat to drive around Charlotte, drive around two seventy seven um, or in South Park and see some of the high rises we built that have right. shaped the city. Um, to drive down to. Um, you know, the Waverly area to see that, to go to Kingsley and see right. LPL and Lash and, and how that's, you know, changed that whole area. Um, but there, there's some that hit, you know, a little bit more maybe emotionally. And uh, Ed and the, the senior leadership done a pretty good job of every year they pick out a charity or a group that oh, maybe yeah. needs some help. And so we done some really cool ones. Uh, the first one uh, was Hopeway, mm -hmm. a mental health facility right off of um, Park Road. Uh, near Quail Hall Shopping Center, first facility like its kind in Charlotte to truly help those yeah. that you know that struggle with that. Um, took an older, dilapidated building, fix it up, and to see the change and, and then what happens there is you know we'll, we'll tuck at the heartstrings. Um, but the one for me probably uh, here recently was the Men's Shelter Charlotte. Um, okay. Walked in and that place was you know it was tough to walk through to right. see the conditions that these folks were struggling uh, with life to get to. to to be there and live in that. Um, but Liz and her team at Men's Shelter got us on board. Uh, Shoko donated everything in kind. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, no, it's, that's, you know, Ed's big heart. Um, and to see what that place became and then how we've stayed with it mm -hmm. and serving lunches and helping those guys, um, I don't know how many times, probably a dozen times since that's been, you know, maybe a year and a half, two years. But um, It didn't stop with the construction. Didn't stop. I mean, and, and those are the kinds that, you know, keep you going. I know right. we've done a lot of stuff with Habitat, but uh, to see there and still see the effect day to day um, is 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 pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, people don't appreciate, I think, sometimes or truly understand what private industry, mm -hmm. whether it's the construction yeah. side or a manufacturing company, what they actually do in a community, how they give you, back. And, and there's so, tons. I mean, Shulk's yeah. not the only one by any means. I mean, you see some of what our great competitors do um, and what a difference we make. And that's, you know, um, it, it, it helps. makes you right. feel good. And to see folks doing good and then see the, you know, after effect, those dominoes falling is yeah. just awesome. So, obviously, we're in the middle of an interesting time oh, with the man. pandemic. yeah. And so from our standpoint, you know, we saw January to May, sort of 1-1 to 5-1, we had uh, year over year about a 55% drop in our projects activities. How is that? Have y'all seen something similar? And sort of, you know, after about mid-May, we've seen it start to pick, back, pick up. back up. Yeah, sure. So how has it affected you guys? So for me, being on, you know, hopefully the tip of the spear, Shulko, of, of chasing these leads and finding right. out about them, right? Um, January and February was, we were still gangbusters. Oh, know? okay. Um, up until kind of the world stopped. And then uh, I would say March, the music stopped mm. completely. Um, and I was trying to tell our guys that, you know, if, if I'm sending out emails or phone calls to folks like you or architects, engineers, whoever, when I make one phone call, it usually leads to one or two more. And it's kind of a ripple effect right. of dominoes falling, right? So um, that just didn't happen. Come March, April, May, I'd make one phone call and I'd call Chris Platte. And Chris would be like, yeah, yeah I'm at home. 
<laughs> right? We're, we're, you know, waiting for the world to get back to normal, we're working on stuff, whatever, and that phone call just kind of stopped. So that dominoes didn't continue to fall, right? right? Uh, so thank God it has picked back up. And I would say since about May, um, it's nowhere near what it was, right? but it has picked up to the level that we're feeling much more confident and bullish on, you know, what, what's to come, hopefully. Wow, that's great. Yeah, we'll see. Again, given this, is it um, provided opportunities, do you think, for people um, to uh, find some advantages maybe in pricing or something else? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like trying to time the market, right? right. So nobody's going to get that right. Um, but we have a couple projects that are in pre-construction that maybe would have started in spring or summer uh, that have slowed down, and we've gone back out to pricing. We, uh, yeah. we have, Shelco or the end user has realized lower sub-pricing, and I think that's mostly driven by labor prices right. versus material. And that's what I think you and I talked about. You talked about a little past. bit, yeah. Um, I think folks like Shelco, and then you come down to subcontractors, and they're going to—they're looking ahead to you know, mm-hmm. 21 and uh, what that backlog is going to look like, and kind of get work on the books for the next you know year to 18 months. Yeah, yeah. So when you're talking to the clients now, mm-hmm. now that it's picked back up, has something changed in sort of their request, or they're looking at? Like lobby changes, right? Yeah, I know we talked about it a little yeah. bit. Uh, it depends on the you know the, the product, you yeah. know, industrial, you know, retail. Nothing's happening in retail, but uh, we'll take office for example. Um, we've had to look at a lot of things: the way lobbies are designed, the way people right. enter and exit buildings, uh, um, touch points. You know, it's become very sensitive. So restrooms without doors, individual hand wash stations, mm-hmm. so um, individual urinal stalls, that kind of stuff, where it's not so much maybe as open. Um, and there's there's more. You know, that shoe's going to drop later. Uh, but some of the big stuff is, you know, elevator usage and capacity, right? So right. Um, you take the 23-story we're building for Children's Klein and Ram uh, South End for, uh, I can't say the name, but a home mm-hmm. improvement company, right? I mean, everybody knows about it. Um, but 23 stories and how those folks are going to get off the light rail, enter that lobby, right? ride an elevator up, right? And if it's, you know, four per cab or whatever the rules are going to be and how we can achieve that was that due for right. folks entering maybe not at seven or eight or nine and staggering starts and all that kind of stuff so uh there's a lot to come on how buildings operate and how we use them i think and i think everybody's trying to figure that out there's no answer right right obviously um but the architects we've worked with have come up with some great ideas mm-hmm. we've priced those changes and what it looks like and so now it's up to the end users developers around to say this is what we need or this is best foot forward on you yeah. know, what we what we can build. It's going to be interesting, really, yeah. to see going forward. And they'll figure it out, man. They're yeah. smart people, smart than us. Right, exactly. But it is, you know, like, is it less demand? Can people stay home more? You know, as technology has improved, you know, is it Are you efficient at home? Space? I am not. Yeah. I'm efficient at going to the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> I need to We're all going to be distance. good at something, yeah. Chris. I got a social distance from the white box, man. That thing is. Oh. I mean, so to your point, you know, I talk to folks, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, we have a certain group of employees that can work from home. That's yeah. natural, whatever it is. And I don't want to typecast certain, you know, jobs, but there's others like mine and yours where, Mm-mm. you know, just coming to the office, knocking out your to-do list, and that usually leads to something else, right? right. So being here creates the next path of doing something. So. Um, we have, yeah, we have folks telling us that, you know, we're, we're going to need less space. Right. Okay, we'll figure that out, redesign the current space. Or other folks saying, we need people here. We need more space to accommodate this headcount and giving pe- folks the social distancing they need or whatever else. That's true. That's true. So yeah. it cuts both ways, I think. Yeah, in our you know, situation, I can't imagine some of the interactions just between staff that 
it would be impossible. Just yeah. don't happen. Right. I got yeah. to I got to run immediately to Evans. What do they call them or, um, in the architectural world? Um, you know, um, interaction points or, or uh, you know, call them like on st- stairwells, open areas, yeah, stuff like yeah, that, yeah. where you're going to run into. a a coworker, something else, and yeah. it creates dialogue, right? right? So I think a lot of folks miss that. I know I miss that. Absolutely. I mean, as a yeah. social person, right? Like you are. Right. Um, it's yeah, not fun to try to do that from yeah. home. I think any extrovert. Yeah. You know, I'm not getting. <laughs> Zoom is not providing what Zoom I need. Is, uh, Zoom is the worst. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I ever like have to a, go my whole life with a like Zoom call. Sucking energy right out of you. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> but. Um, looking at uh, that too, you know, technology sort of affects everybody. Yeah. In some ways. It, I don't know if that really affects construction as much. How has technology and some of the improved, you know, over the last so many years? Uh, Man, it's come a long way. Yeah, construct, I don't say construction is slow to change. We're not on the cutting edge of technology. Right. Obviously, it feeds to us. But, um, man, the stuff they can do now um, versus 10, 15 years ago when I first started is just right. is unbelievable. It truly is. You know, um, everybody talks about BIM, you know, building inflation modeling and how that's come alive and, and what that does. But... That has the trickle effect of so many other you know things that we do now, and the way people can build and see buildings before they go vertical, um, stopping challenges in the field before mm-hmm. they're there. I mean, and it goes all the way to you know building. Say we're going to build an office building or spec building for you guys, and the end user wants something. The ability to take an iPad out there and shoot something up and see the the duct work and what it's going to be like, or right. the, all the maintenance logs are on there. So your maintenance guy go up there, scan a barcode, and he wow. sees when it was, you know, the filter was changed. I mean, it's just, it just, it's crazy. Right. It's, uh, it's amazing. And so I, mean, I think it's going to continue to change. And we've got guys on our team that uh, kind of on our technology side and our BIM team that, you know, <laughs> take that and just um, disseminate it to us so yeah. we can understand it because we're just, you know, dumb contractors. Right. right? So. <laughs> But it is amazing how you can make those changes now. It's unbelievable. Before you, oops, I mean, you change know, order. Yeah, yeah. You could call and say, "Chip, we need to see a two hundred thousand square foot box in this piece of dirt." And within literally almost no amount of time, we can get mm-hmm. some out there on a Google Earth, drop it on there, show what it's going to look like, or in it, show you all the kind of stuff you need. It's, it's yeah, smart people than us, Chris. Like I said, that's right. Yeah. Well, the um, you know, there's different ways you do your job. Obviously, we go out and see each other and, yeah. and all those other things. But uh, golf yep, is love it. one of those. Uh, so how would you get involved? Uh, you've got a funny story. You with, do. With uh, the thank golf. you for teeing that up. Yes. Pr- pun intended. Yes. Yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> um, so I'll tell you the two funny ones, or you can bring up the uh, the second one later about shooting. But uh, grew up playing baseball, other sports, not really golf. My right. dad would take me to the driving range, you know, public driving range, a couple times a year and just swing as hard as I can, right, like any right. kid. Um, so graduate. Come to work at Charlotte, and I go to play in a Carolina's Healthcare now Atrium Golf Tournament. And I was playing with Howard Peabody, our COO at the time, who's now retired. And um, Chris, I'd aim at the left trees and <laughs> pray that it ended up in the right rough I could find. It. Right, okay, just a huge slice, much like your shirt here says. <laughs> right, the hook. no hook and slice, but yeah. Um, so probably shoot like 110. I mean, I couldn't break 100. Couldn't probably break 105. Right. Um, loved it, but just. Not good. Yeah. So we get done, take up my hat, you know, shake uh, Howard's hand. We're walking to the car, and uh, I won't do his impersonation of him. I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, but he thanked me, so it was a lot of fun, and he told me I need to go get golf lessons or I wouldn't be his salesman. So I'm like, oh, that's, that's uh-huh, great. Yeah. And then I realized he's serious, you know, completely serious. <laughs> it's one of those things where you're just like, oh, man, you know, like, what do you say? How right. do you overcome this? So that was like a Thursday, I think, or Friday that tournament was. So 
go home, tell my wife, and you know, it, it, you know keeps you up. You know, I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, I want to keep my job. Right? How am I going to do this? So I go talk to him on the Monday, and he was great. He said, "Look, you got to you got to get better. No hiding that." So um, he told me to uh, go get lessons. Um, he then offered to pay for him, which is I thought, you know. <laughs> kind of weird. Uh, and then he would, uh, like, one or two days a week, he said, Chip, just leave at 4.30. Yeah. You know, leave 30, 45 minutes before anybody else and hit balls on your way home. And so I did it, and uh, it worked out. Excellent. I still credit him. Right. Just a small, small degree of. Well, you've gotten pretty good at that. Love so it. Yeah. I, I'm the opposite. I play prospect golf all the time, not on purpose. You're just a just, nicer person. Yeah. You, you just always play client golf, right? No. You always. I, I work too hard. You are, you're a grinder. Yeah. I know you are. It's okay. <laughs> I'll say it. You're good. You're good man. But there is something that you and I both are pretty good at is in the shooting side. So yeah. you got me uh, uh, introduced to Meadowood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know, had a shotgun my whole life. And did you? You, you grew know, up doing that whole life? Not shooting. You know, we would sporting clays. Yeah, we'd shoot stuff that probably we shouldn't have. Petroleum tanks. Yeah, exactly. Propane As tanks. A kid, awesome. You know, Great. Yeah, milk jugs <laughs> to whatever. Yeah. Um, Water balance. Yeah, yeah right. sure, sure. So, uh, oh wow, look at that! Explode. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so. So the, I've always had that. Okay. But, uh, the sporting clay side, you know, came really natural. So how, how did y'all find that? And it, Man, it's a fun uh, story. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it again uh, of showing you or showing me how, how little I got out as a kid, I guess. <laughs> um, same situation. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, but man. But you're a collegiate guy. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yep. They always just keep digging, picking that scab. Um, <laughs> so literally – I think that winter after I had been chastised for not being a good golfer, uh, Ed Rose says, hey, we're going to take you down to a place called Meadowoods. Right. Introduce you to Larry Schneider, who I think the world of now. Um, and we have a hunting club membership. So I'm probably 24, and I do not have the uh, <laughs> courage to tell Ed that <laughs> I've maybe fired a gun five or six times in my whole life, right? So we get in this car, and I'm – Chris, I'm sitting next to him, and he's driving. He's telling me about it and how I can use it. And I'm just sitting there staring out the window like, how can I tell this guy, my, you know, my CEO, my boss, that man, I, I don't even know how to, like, you know, operate safely a gun, all that kind of stuff. So um, we get there, and Larry and Ed are catching up, all kinds of good stuff. And, you know, Larry <laughs> looks at me and says, well, Chip, you know, when was the last time you shot, and how would you do? And I was like, seventh grade, and I shot some milk jugs filled with sand. Yeah. And it was, you know. Music stopped. It was like the scene from Animal House. Yeah, you know, Otis, my man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so luckily Larry felt really bad for me, my situation. Um, <laughs> I showed up a couple times, took the course. I think it's Cabela's or um, oh, yeah, Bass yeah. Pro, the gun safety course, which is yeah. great. I needed to take that. And they're just, just, you know, like golf. You mm-hmm. go out and you find somebody better than you, and you, you, you right. do it, and you, you take the advice, and it's worked out. And I love it. Um, yeah. And it's a good way to, you know, you and I have talked about not everybody golfs, right? Right. Not everybody shoots. So we've learned to do the golfing, the, the sporting clays, the hunts, right. fly fishing, whatever it is. And it's a fun way to connect with people. Yeah. Right? Because, again, they, their walls come down. You get to know them personally, and it's a lot easier to – like you and I, we know yeah. each other pretty well. So Too if something long. is going wrong, there's a that relationship allows you to say, "Hey, oh yeah, you can pick up the phone and say, Chip, you did something wrong, right?" right. And, and 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 there's no offense taken, but you right, you want that, right? right. You want that um, easy lines of communication. So yeah, a Zoom phone call probably doesn't get you that, right? Um, uh, yeah, hundred percent agree. So going to golf, going to fly fish, going to shoot sporting clays. One, you get to know the person better and what yeah. makes them tick. So that hopefully makes you a better. Um, 
service to them, right? right? So I know what you need or what you're expecting when you call and ask for something. Right. Uh, so it makes a huge difference. Um, yeah. I think the world works better that way. Yeah. So it's just one of those uh, benefits of the job, you know, that we can go out and have these kind of relationships. Oh, it's 100% work. It's not a benefit, not a perk. Yeah. No, exactly, no, no, 100%. Exactly. I tell them all the time, oh, I got to go play golf again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Ike Granger, right, who was before me, had the best line, uh, and his wife's uh, DD, who I adore, said that uh, he's the only person in America knows that's been on sunblock to go to work every day, which I thought was a great line. That is great. Yeah, it's good. I know uh, Bob Leak used to be up in Winston. <laughs> yeah, he used to always the talk. swing and swine, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he used to always talk about, you know, there's not a spouse in America that actually knows what an economic developer does. No, except I don't for, think I do. Yeah. Yeah, no. Except for his mom, because his mom was married to one, and then she had a son that was one. Oh, so, man. But outside of that, it's a it's a job that's really hard to explain. You know, even yeah. my kids today are like, what do you do? It, I'm sure it, yours have the same Yeah, path. it's impossible to explain what you yeah. try to do day to day, but, um, yeah, they but it is interesting because at the end of the day, like you said, you've, you know, the lash, the LPLs, the, the stuff at Wayne. Oh, the Lee, connections the, you make, the, the stuff you get to work on is just right. unbelievable, right? And, and see then, the change in people's lives from what was built. The, oh, yeah. What's going on in those buildings that yeah. you put together for us, same thing, what we bring in. 100%, man. And the lasting effect it has on Monroe, Union County, the region, like you talk about, um, I mean, never ending, right? right. The schools we build, all that kind of stuff, man. It's yeah. really cool. Really man, cool. I appreciate your time. No, appreciate thank you for having you, uh, me. Willing to put up with the jabs and no, and that was that. easy. And so, <laughs> I'm glad you held back. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I held back. Sure. <laughs> but uh, again, I hope everybody uh, takes the opportunity to uh, continue to listen to these and uh, subscribe if you uh, if you can. And uh, so this has been our third one. We're working third. Our, are working our way up to the good the good guests. You know the gooder. Yes. Third. <laughs> Talk about that off yeah, air, boss. Exactly. Lucky number three. Man. Yeah, you great. <laughs> so, it, um, and uh, so again, we appreciate uh, your input in this, and hopefully, people no, learn a little bit about it. Me. Yes, and, sir. Uh, so, um, again, the United uh, Union County Economic Development Edgecast is, uh, and the sponsors of that, and again, another shout out to Shellco and all of our sponsors uh, that allow us to do this. Um, and so, hopefully, it gives a little bit more exposure to Union County and. Uh, thank you again, Chip. Appreciate you being here. Happy sports, you guys. All right, man. See you, Talk Chris. Talk to you soon.